nothing happened. I'm, I'm not interested in her. I'm, I'm, it's just lunch. What's the big deal? Because you're not taking the time to understand how your actions affect me. Your behavior is hurt. They hurt me. But they shouldn't. It's just lunch. And see, there you go. You're not even trying to understand. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, what to do when your spouse secretly has lunch with their ex. First take, it helps to write it down. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole new thing we're going to try. Talk for me for a second. I want to hear how your levels are. Talk for me. Talk, talk, talkity talk. Just talk like normal. Talk like normal. Sit where I'm going to sit. Yep. All right, we'll try that. Okay. <clears throat> me you ready for the question? Yeah, what's the question for that we're going to do today? Uh, this is from a person who came across our podcast. Uh, here's her question. I found out last Saturday that my husband went and had lunch with an ex-girlfriend of his while I was out of town on Memorial Day. I've always had the strong intuition and randomly asked if he had seen her recently and he confessed. He reassured me it was just lunch, but in his frustration, he disclosed that he had talked to this woman about our marriage issues. Now I feel double betrayed for the lie of not knowing about the lunch and the disclosure of personal information. Mm. What do you think? I completely understand her feelings. Tell me more. You and I don't have any trust issues. Not big trust issues. Big like trust that. issues like that. Right. Um, but if you went and met with someone without telling me, mm-hmm. that would hurt me. Why is the not telling you piece so painful? It, well, because it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it's the lunch, which is the primary no, issue. No, it's it's the not telling me. Be, it 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 puts seeds of doubt in my mind. Of why does this need to be a secret? If it if you're keeping it a secret, there's something more to it than what it just is. That's right. how that's how it comes across. So it it puts seeds of doubt in my mind. It also makes me feel like don't you trust me enough to be able to tell me that that that's what you want to do? You don't want to talk to me about it. You, and if it does cause a problem, you don't want to work through it with me. It's you. It it just leaves me out. It leaves you on the outside. Yes. And then if you discuss issues that we're having mm-hmm. with someone else, whether it's an ex-girlfriend or just a buddy of yours, if mm-hmm. you're discussing our issues without actually trying to talk to me about it or telling me, you know, this is hard, I, I'm going to see what a buddy thinks or, you mm-hmm. know, just I, I need some outside perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you just go talking behind my back. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That just breaks down trust even more. It's mm. like, I must not be worth it that you are willing to discuss our business with everybody else but me. It sounds like the thing that builds the trust the most for you is when I am upfront with you about our issues. Hey, right. we're having a problem and I need to go get some help. Or, hey, I got, got a message from my ex-girlfriend. I'm not hiding that from right. you. I want you to see it. I, I don't have anything to withhold or hide from you. That now says, I trust you. Right. 
And women, men maybe too, I don't know, I'm not a man, so I can't really speak mm-hmm. to that, do have the this uncanny ability to sense when there is something not right. I hate that. And, I can't get away with anything. Right. And so that just kind of puts this extra piece in there on top of everything. And it's like, see, I was right. I knew there was something wrong. I was right. And it doesn't feel, being right about something like that doesn't feel good at all. Hmm. So it sounds like you're trusting your gut. You're trusting your intuition more than uh, facts at that moment. And then when the facts now back up your fears, now it says, oh, see, my worry is actually valid. Yes, exactly. It's real. Yeah, which exactly. now means the next time you worry about something, your brain is already programmed, programmed for, to oh, believe. I bet you I'm going to be right about yes. this thing because I was right about that last thing. And the problem is that's not always the case, but unfortunately it wires your yep. brain wires that way. Yep. And so you're kind of in this catch 22 all the time of worrying when there may not be something to worry about. Yep. But when it's been proved once, it's kind of that fool me once. Yeah. Shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yep. Is that how it works? That's the one. I always get that a little backwards, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's look at it from his his perspective. Nothing happened. I'm I'm not interested in her. I'm 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 not pursuing anything. It's just lunch. What's the big deal? Oh man, it's so funny. This situation isn't funny, but it's really funny that that you playing devil's advocate. Or just the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not just even devil's advocate. That's just the man. Yep. Stirs up in me strong emotions. Why? What does it do for you? Do you know why it got... Because Here's what it is. Because you're not taking the time to understand how your actions affect me. Oh, I just want you to accept, accept my behaviors. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Because your behaviors hurt. They hurt me. Oh, but they shouldn't. It's just lunch. And see, there you go. You're not even trying to understand. And you're right, honey. This is where most marriages around this issue fall down all over the place. It's a lack of empathy. It's lack of understanding. It's lack of validation. And I would want the person who wrote this into us to hear really, really clearly. This is probably about the fourth or fifth email or question we've had around this topic where a husband or a wife goes and has some sort of um, neutral or benign interaction with an ex, whether that's an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend or an ex-boyfriend, but they interact in some way and they do not disclose it. It is the lack of disclosure which ends up becoming a huge problem because it looks like there is a secret being kept in some way. Right. I think oftentimes it might just be the fact that, well, I knew you were going to respond this way if I told you in the first place. So that's just why I didn't tell you. That's still not an excuse. You have to be willing to risk that, that response and that hurt that your spouse might feel because there could be a thousand different reasons why it hurts and it's your job to figure out why it hurts And to stay in it and work through it and be willing to risk that. Yeah. I would suggest that this person's, this woman, this is a woman who wrote in this time, um, her feelings are legitimate. That that feeling of being hurt or in pain or doubt or fear, they do make sense. Uh, it's not unfounded in any way, especially when a husband is now 
turning towards an ex-girlfriend in this case and sharing um, um, personal information about personal struggles. Typically, that looks like, even if it isn't, it looks like he is now turning towards another woman for some level of emotional, emotional. support. Yeah. And that is the beginning. That's not saying this one is, but it is the beginning of what can look like an emotional affair. Correct. Where you are turning to get your needs met from someone else other than your spouse. And that is inappropriate. That's unhealthy. That's unwise in, in many, many ways. There's another rule that I think should be in place in every relationship. And this comes back to the concept of mutual selflessness, which is now that I'm married, my time is not my own. I don't get to make decisions on my own because every decision I make affects you. It's right. going to have an impact on you. So if I'm going to go have lunch with a woman and I've had plenty of lunches with other women, you know about it. Right. You know about it beforehand. You know who they are. You know where we're going. You know why we're having the conversation. Right. And and you've also given me the opportunity to say, you know, I know that all sounds right and normal, but for whatever reason, it doesn't sit well with me. And yeah. you've honored that. Yeah. And if you don't want me to go, I defer to your feelings. I am willing to give up that appointment for whatever reason, because your feelings come first. Your needs of being safe and secure means I'm willing to give up something that I would like to do. Have lunch with an old friend, have lunch with a professional colleague. Right. Any of those things, if they make you uncomfortable in some way, I will not, I will not, I said snot. You did. <laughs> I will not do it. Right. So that you feel comfortable. I am going to prioritize your feelings over even my feelings or someone else's feelings. And I think that is what builds trust. Right. And and also when we have those conversations, I ask lots of questions. I have the freedom to ask any question. Yes, you do. And you are happy to explain, help me understand. So I don't just right off the bat say, nope, that isn't happening. Right. I, I ask about it if if it stirs up anything in me and it doesn't have anything to do with you or the person usually. It's something inside of myself that stirs a fear comes yeah. up or whatever. Yeah. And I have to have the opportunity to work through that and speak it out loud. And yep. that's really helpful. And that's what builds trust between both of us because you know that you can come to me and I'm not going to overreact or over respond yeah. that I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to be truthful and honest with you, yeah. but I'm going to be open to hearing what you have to say as well. It's a, it's a mutual selflessness, not just on your part, but on my part as well. Yeah. It might seem a little odd, a little strange, but if, if having a meeting with whatever woman was important to me, like, I, honey, I really do need to take this meeting, but I know that you are uncomfortable with it. You are welcome to come along. Yes. You are welcome to be present We've with us. We've done that before. You can be there so that it's pretty clear to this person, we are a we. Right. It's not just me. And even if that makes the meeting a little weird or a little awkward, I don't care because your feelings are actually more important than this other person's feelings. Because as a husband, I've made that decision to say, I will prioritize your feelings over everyone else's. And, a, and a, unfortunately, in the world that we're in right now, that idea of giving up your independence yeah. sounds offensive. Right. People who are married go, I should still be able to be married and be myself 
and not have to think about the other person in the relationship. And that's what keeps me employed as a couples counselor because the practicality of it is it doesn't work. No. Even if we say that we want to have that in our relationships, the minute it happens, one or the uh, one or both people get uncomfortable and it's like, well, you're not thinking about me. You're not, you're not taking me into consideration, my feelings into consideration. And it's hard to actually grant you that complete and total independence as if you were a single person. Once you're married, you give up your singleness. And I understand again, super clearly that is an offensive message for many, many people who are married out there. And I don't care. I just don't care. I think people need to hear that because we are wired. If someone's made a commitment to us to say, I'm going to hold you to that commitment. I want you to think about me. I want my feelings to be something you consider whenever you make a decision, even when I'm out of town, even when I'm not here, I can still trust that you are thinking about me. Right. That is what makes a secure marriage. That's why there are our whole brand is called secure marriage because you don't have to have a perfect marriage, but you can have a secure marriage. You know, the relationship is going to last and you can have security in that relationship. Right. Exactly. Because your husband, your wife is thinking about your needs. Exactly. We want to teach as many people uh, how, how to do that. And it's hard to get out of your defensive brain, your survival brain. Right. The part of you that says, I want what I want. And now this person called my wife is in my way and (laughs) I still have to figure out how to get what I want. That's the hardest thing in any marriage for a wife to go. My husband's driving me crazy. He's not thinking about me and how to not respond in a hurtful or or painful way. Right. It's hard to get out of our survival or our defensive brain. And yet it is possible. Yes. We absolutely can learn how to do that. And that's what we spend a lot of time talking about at secure marriage here. But for the person who wrote in here, I'm so sorry that you're kind of facing that situation. Where would, what would you do next? How would be the next step that you would recommend for her? Besides telling her (laughs) husband to listen to this podcast. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's a good one. I was going to say that, but I thought maybe not. (laughs) We can do a Um, little shameless self-promotion. Yeah. Um, Well, obviously the hard thing is going to be, she's going to have to talk to her husband about it again. It's going to have to be another conversation. Yep. And it could start out with, you know, before even the conversation, just writing down the things that she wants to share and getting them in order. So, um, that she's been hurt, why she's been hurt, what she would like from her husband. Um, so that when she shares with him, um, she's not doing it out of a defensive nature or posture yeah, or, or attacking, I guess maybe attacking would be a better word. Yeah. When you can speak to your spouse in a, in a calm way, when you've actually taken time to think about what you want to say, mm-hmm. um, it keeps the emotions down a little bit and it helps your spouse not to react back to you in a defensive manner. Not that you're responsible for how they react to you, but you can help Mm-hmm. guide how they respond to you. Yeah, absolutely. What would I say to her? Hmm. I'm going to cheat here a little bit. Okay, you cheat. If they were both sitting in my office, because ah. now I get to talk to him. Right. 
one of the ways to build trust is to actually put uh, action behind words. So it would be, honey, you have access to my phone. Your fingerprint works and unlocks it just like my fingerprint does. Sure. You can look at my full calendar. You can ask questions about any meeting I have taken. You can um, have access to my entire life so that you feel safe and comfortable. That would be one of the first steps that he could do to actually start rebuilding trust. Right. She has to resist the temptation to become the policeman. Right, exactly. Once once that trust has been broken or she's now worried about where he's going, it feels like she's going to start spying on him or policing all of his behaviors or decisions. And the minute a husband feels a wife starting to do that, he's going to hunker down. Yep, he's going exactly. to actually withdraw and, and try to even keep more secrets. And so you have to, as a couple, be able to talk about this dynamic. The other thing that I would say to the both of them is these rules apply to both of you. Directions, yeah. Is she willing to say, here's my phone. You can look at anything I'm doing. You can ask about any meeting I have. You, right. you have access to my life, just like I'm asking to have access to yours. And you can ask questions about anything I'm doing. He has to resist the temptation of policing her behavior as well so that you're not... You're not keeping each other. You're not restricting each other. Because the minute you start going, no, you can't do that. I'm now your policeman. You actually move into a parent mode right? rather than a spouse mode. And sometimes that can also come out of, well, you're policing me, so I'm going to police you. Yeah, the um, get even fairsies thing will destroy marriage pretty fast. Yeah. So those are the two things that I would suggest for the both of them. That is what will start to rebuild trust with within this couple. Yeah. And it, you'll be surprised how quickly it will actually rebuild. It doesn't take that long for trust to get rebuilt, but they got to start with these basics first. Yep. If this topic scratches an itch because this is a situation that you have been uh, sitting in with your husband or wife and you've been wondering what to do or you're realizing that trust is kind of low between the two of you, communication isn't quite as strong as you want it to be, and you're trying to figure out where in the world do you start, we are suggesting uh, securemarriage.com. We actually have a quiz you can take on that homepage, which will help you uh, figure out which of the six parts of the secure marriage framework uh, you kind of need to grow in the most. And then from there, you actually get access to some um, short little communication uh, courses that we have in there. Cost you nothing, it's all free. It's just more resources to help uh, your relationships grow better and better and happier and happier so that you can finally fight less and feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with each other. That's why we do what we do. So if that sounds interesting, securemarriage.com is the place to start. Or if you have another question for us, or or maybe you have something a little bit different and you would like us to answer that question, you can email it to us at Shannon at securemarriage.com or Paul at securemarriage.com. Email Um, Shannon. She's got all the answers. Yeah, I've got all the answers because I'm the smart one. (laughs) We would love to answer any questions that you have. We love to answer the questions. We like to share our stuff, but we also like to answer questions that really get to the core of what you want to know. Exactly. And so it's helpful when you send those to us. So whoever sent this in, we're not using names, obviously, to protect the innocent. But uh, thank you so much for emailing us. We hope that this answer is helpful for you. And for everyone else who's listening, we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.